Hi-ho, Mishka Shabali here. Uh, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we got a good one today. The, I don't know, let me, let me share my thoughts. Let me tell you what's going on before uh, we jump into the header for, for today's special guest. Um, what's going on? What's new? I have earnestly, finally, with as much procrastination and uh, preparation and putting off as possible, I've uh, dove back into trying to trying to finish a fucking record. Uh, this is a record that I first sort of demoed a couple of years ago during the depths of COVID, and what turned out later was my ketamine addiction. Um, I wrote a bunch of songs around that time um, that I was going to do. I sent them to my uh, my friend Mark Lanigan, and we were going to do a record together and uh, in Ireland, and that's not going to happen. Um, so I've dragged my feet as much as possible, and then finally, uh, fuck it, um, we're I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish it. I got to finish up these recordings. I think it's going to be like a half demo record that I I like the raw quality of. Um, the sort of unfinished garage band demos that I did when I, when I had no idea how to record, I still have no idea how to record. Um, but I've recorded a bunch more stuff sort of around that. And then, uh, gotten in the last couple of days, I've got three songs sent off to, uh, my old friend, James Barber, who's going to, uh, it's going to be playing some music or playing some instruments on them, sort of fleshing them out and then um, doing the mixing production end of it and hopefully have this record out this year. Uh, it's been it's been a long, tough road getting this one done, but I finally just sort of hit the wall and was like, fuck it. I just got to just got to power through. It's weird, too, because you're like, oh, that song's a quagmire. Like, I'll never get through it. And then you finally forced yourself after nine cups of coffee to go back and open up the session, listen back to it. And you're like, Oh, it was so close. And then I abandoned it. Um, the, so a lot of these, I'm, I'm sort of just, I'm putting deadlines on myself to say, all right, I got to have this done by the end of the day. And then it's going off or I have two more days for this one. Um, any record you finish is better than every record you don't finish. I can just keep polishing these songs for fucking ever. But, um, you're going to listen to them on your free Spotify account through the uh, tiny little pinhole speaker on your phone anyway, so fuck it. I'm just going to hit it with a big hammer and try and get the, the bold strokes right, get these songs out, and then write the next record. That's the only way to do it, the only way to move forward. Um, also, though I have done everything I could uh, to keep our tiny little ship afloat, uh, finally my... my Ne'er do well podcast producer uh, Colin has uh, has sunk us for good. Um, he is going to be going back to school in addition to working a full time job. And uh, I talked to him the other day, and he was sort of like, "Ah, we can still kind of maybe do it." The but I think it's going to be so uh, it's going to be so challenging with his schedule. Also, I'm I'm trying to finish this record. I'm going to be teaching at Yale. Um, I said I was going to do the podcast for a year, and I feel like I'm not quitting or giving up, but rather completing the podcast. Um, I've managed to have a lot of the conversations that I really wanted to have and uh, some surprise ones that have really blown me away. Um, I'm proud of the work that, that we generated and also... It's time to do something else, time to move on to something else. I think I'm going to be in Ohio for most of the summer, um, 
the internet's everywhere. I I could do it from there. I kind of just want to go to the fucking rope swing and like go fishing instead. Um, so I'm going to try and scramble to get this record together in the next couple of months, get it over to James and have him work his magic, bang out a couple, three more podcasts with, uh, a couple of select folks who I want to, I really want to get down and then sail off into the sunset, uh, both middle fingers raised. Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, our guest today, Noriko Ott, the, I, we, I went into the podcast only knowing one thing about him, which is that he's incredibly funny. I've, uh, ran into him in Portland and in New York and in Austin. Um, every time I've seen him, he's just been so fucking funny. And that, that was the only reason I wanted to have him on here. I, I'm a fan. You know, I mean, I remember seeing him in Austin at altercation and just sort of like hiccuping with laughter through his set that I just didn't have an, an opportunity to recover. Um, also, we're going to get this podcast out early this week because he is going to be performing at my house uh, this Thursday, uh, Thursday, April 6th. I think that's what it is. I hope that's what it is. Um, Thursday, April 6th, he'll be performing at my house with, uh, with a host of other dummies. Uh, my friend, uh, friend Ryan McKee, who now lives in the backyard, Matt Micheletti, Anwar Newton, Leslie Barton. I'm probably forgetting somebody who's on the flyer. Um, it's going to be a great show. It will probably be our last show of the season. If you've been hemming and hawing, if you've been on the fence about, uh, oh, maybe I'll make it over to one of those shows. Now's the time. It's going to be the last one before uh, it gets blazing hot and I turn my energies to other things. Um, but um, this is a great podcast. Noriko and I just sort of sat down and banged it out yesterday. He's such a fucking funny dude. Um, I, I'm unsurprised that he comes from a, uh, a punk rock background because there is something about um, just experiencing the world through that lens. I didn't realize that he had uh, that he was from Phoenix as well, or that he lived here through uh, for formative years. So, I guess this is, this is a uh, a triumphant return to his quasi hometown, uh, riding the back of the coffee table, which is the stage in my side yard. I don't know. Um, enjoy this conversation with Noriko Ott. Mishkashabali is. Catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him. How are you, buddy? How's Doing your Sunday good. going? Doing good. Um, had a having a lazy one today so far, which is exactly what you want with the Sunday. Did you uh, did you perform last night? Yeah, I did uh, two shows last night at the Helium Comedy Club nice. here in Portland. Uh, doing uh, with Ali Makovsky was the headliner i don't know her mm. i hadn't met her before she was she was really uh really pleasant super funny yeah i was oh, thinking well. about this today uh in the shower i was thinking about you in the shower um <laughs> i was thinking uh what we were going to talk about and what the thrust of the conversation is today and i realized that i know absolutely nothing about you other oh. than that we've shared the bill a couple of times and you're super fucking funny oh thank you and the and you live in portland and you're from here originally or you used to live here oh uh i used to live in arizona i i 
from like fifth grade until after college, until I'd moved out here to, to Portland. So yeah, from like fifth grade to like 2011, I moved out here. So yeah. The, uh, you, you were in Phoenix proper? I was in uh, Tempe, Chandler area. I went to high school in both at McClintock High School in Tempe and Ch- Chandler High. So yeah. What was your uh, what was your experience of Phoenix? Um, <laughs> Phoenix is like an interesting place. Like, uh, I I hated it the whole time I was there. Like, because I was growing up and you're a kid and you're trapped or whatever. And then until you can get a car, you were just like absolutely. It's 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 so brutal. So you just have your neighborhood, and it's too hot to go anywhere or do anything. So you just spend a lot of time in malls and at movie theaters and stuff like most kids, but. For me, it was like um, the the big thing about Phoenix that like got me like uh, was that it's a very it's a heavily policed place like um, yeah that you I, it's to a level that I didn't fully understand until I moved to uh, Portland um, because like it, just in high school and stuff if you tried to do anything with with your friends or whatever go skating go uh, you know just do anything like within twenty minutes cops would be on you and having you dump out all your bags and just, you know, harassing you for like an hour, like while you sat on a curb in the sun, you know, just like, so that was just like, that was the big constant in my whole high school years was just like going out to party and then just being like, well, it's been like 15 minutes. We should probably move location slightly or whatever. Just try to (laughs) just all the time. But yeah, just a lot of, a lot of getting in trouble, getting drunk, partying, like, um, Saw saw a ton of really cool bands. I will say that that's a really cool thing about Phoenix growing up is like because it's so close to California. And, yeah, yeah. And you have to kind of go through to get anywhere else. Like um, we're, saw, we're an so obstacle to anywhere good in the country, right? <laughs> or or an oasis on the way to like get somewhere. You know, the mm-hmm. like Yucca Tap Room and places uh-huh. like that. Yeah. yeah, awesome. The yeah, they're still doing shit there. Oh, yeah. There was a bunch of cool punk places. Uh, there was a bar called Boston's that I saw a lot of stuff at. I don't think they're around anymore. Uh, the Nile, of course. But... The That was one of the things I uh, I watched one of your Instagram clips recently about uh, cops and COVID. Yeah. And I was like, man, fucking Noriko's not pulling any punches on this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's... Mm. It, that was i'm really i'm i'm excited thank you for uh yeah i i like that with that joke a lot i've um just decided to try to get on line a little bit more and like be like oh hey that you know i exist or whatever and, and i I, I like that you're building bridges and like reaching out to making new fans is like hey you want to hear my bit about cops dying <laughs> <laughs> i uh yes look uh, but that joke's about them getting covid at higher like rates than any other one of the almost higher than any rate of any other occupation so it's like yeah but you know we you did that you know so i can't be <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's the joke uh yeah if anybody hasn't heard it it's just like i'm like oh you cops would still be alive if you stop resisting like if you had just stopped resisting mask mandates and vaccines but it's dude it's such a brutal pop because it's yeah. the you know I, I remember watching the i think it was eric garner uh being mm-hmm. choked out and that they like played that clip all the time. And I was like, and the first time I watched, watched it, I was just like, Oh, what, what's this? And then I was like, Oh, this is a snuff film. This is it's, just, this is just a man getting murdered on the street and they're just yeah. playing it again and again. And it was oh, yeah. so, um, Oh, every one but, of those videos is absolutely heartbreaking and, 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 and so fucked up. And yeah, it's just, 
I don't know. My whole thing about it is just like, it's like, I don't know. I think human beings are about as only as like, uh, I mean, generally speaking, are only as like uh, uh, honest or, or, you know, uh, or as goodly as like the, that the fact that like their consequences that can like hang over what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah. old uh, good, good fences make good neighbors thing, whatever, you know, it's like, so if, if somebody's like above the law, it's like, well, of course they're going to be like, you know, horror. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Anyway, great times. It's a great... <laughs> One one of my one of my litmus tests for sort of the one of the things I always sort of measure our culture up against is old Nick Cave. Um, There's a um, you know, because there were a lot of people who I mean, in my mind, fell on the wrong side of the um, the cops suck debate Uh um, and. Uh, but also sort of like aging, like NPR punk rockers. Yeah. And I would always point them back to the picture of Nick Cave at, at like 19 with like his hair piled high wearing a, uh, I think it was a Big Daddy Roth shirt that says, um, uh, I hate every cop in this town. The only good cop is a dead cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, this is your hero. Yeah. The, and also like so much of Nick Cave's earlier stuff just uh, would not survive the uh, sort of cancellation uh, mm-hmm. these days, you know, yeah. the and that's one of the things I always sort of try and point people to is that there's no um, there's not good people or bad people or canceled people or uncanceled people. It's just people are always morally ambiguous. And unfortunately, um, sometimes great people make terrible art and mm. uh, terrible people make great art. And that's right. one of the things that you, if you, if you're into art or people, you just have to be able to fucking sort out the shit from the mm. food, you know? Yeah. I did think it too. It gets me as like, I mean, as a, as a punk rock kid and stuff, uh, who's now uh, older, uh, but like, it, it does surprise me how many of my friends and stuff like now are like, where you'll, you'll catch them, you know, you're like, Oh, that's a smart, caring person that I've known for years. And then they'll still be like, you know, these cops are like, you know, whatever. And you're just like, dude, these are the guys that used to kick your ass and fucking like yeah. harass you all the time for like, whatever dumb. And yeah, we were up to no good, but it was like, but we were going to be, <laughs> but not like, you know, shitty, no good. Just, you know, yeah, just kid shit. Yeah. Just derelict kid horse shit, which is fine. Like that's yeah. what it's all about. But, I think yeah. I have that record, derelict kid horseshit. <laughs> I, I would be surprised crack. if that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be shocked if that wasn't an adolescence album or something. <laughs> yeah, new bomb yeah. Turks. Exactly. The, um, so how? Um, I mean, I guess there is. It's not a, a tremendously uh, um, wavy line that leads one from uh, skateboarding and getting drunk to doing comedy. But yeah. uh, how did you fall into this fucking sordid line of business, dude? It's so funny. Like I. Uh, so I, I grew up in Phoenix. I played in a bunch of bands and stuff. And like, and I was, I was doing the band thing and, um, uh, I like sang and I played terrible guitar and, uh, <laughs> and I still do, but, uh, or at least play guitar once in a while. But like, uh, I was doing that. And then at one point I, the whole time, uh, I was like, you know, the one, the funny friend and like the, my friend group and shit, you know, like as you are. And then I, but I, I remember, like, I was in these bands, and then I kept uh, writing all these, like, really, like, ridiculous, like, they were, like, dr- drop D country songs. So they were just, like, really heavy and, like, like <laughs> and I was writing, like, dumb, like, I was just, like, oh, this song's called, uh, like, How to Fuck Your Truck or something, you know, and I was, like, play these things. And then I'd always joke about, like, oh, yeah, once we're done fucking around here with our, with our dumb band, I'm gonna start my real band or whatever, and I would always... 
So I started like, I, I basically did everything around comedy that you could do. Like I started joke bands, like with, with friends of mine and I started like, and then, um, I, I got into writing sketch stuff with like, uh, my friend, Adam Reaney. And that's actually what led me to it. I was like 28 and I was like, um, kind of, I don't know, I was winding down the band thing. I was already wanting to move and I was wanting to get out of, I was, uh, I was in bands. I was, uh, finishing up college and I was like, all right, what do I want to do? You know? And I, um, and then, so like my buddy, Adam Reaney, who's like a, a improv guy, he was like, he had a sketch group that he was doing. Uh, and he was like, Hey, do you want to write for this? And I'm all sure. And then he goes, and then after I said, yes, he goes, Hey, um, we usually have stand up comedians, like kind of open. He goes, if I give you like two months, could you write like 10 minutes of stand up? And it horrified me. It was like terrifying. And by the oh, way, like what's what's really funny now as a comic who's been doing it ten years, it's like the idea of writing a fresh ten minutes in two months. Like, you, I mean, like I could do it now, but it would also be like this might not be fantastic. So the idea of going in <laughs> with no skills at all, I'd be like, sure, no problem at all. And then yeah, so I did horribly, but I, but the, but it was one of those things that was. It's like if your friend dares you to do something like super terrifying and you just kind of have to do it because it scares you so much. Does yeah. That make sense? Yeah. No, there's definitely a thing about like with uh, with comedy or with performing in general where it's like <laughs> where it's sort, of, it's sort of like, oh, man. Oh, God, this milk is totally bad. Here, taste it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. Like, you're this is the worst thing I've ever tasted. Now you try it. Right. And the there, I, I got food poisoning a couple of years back and it was <laughs> it was kind of refreshing because I was like, man, I haven't thrown up like this since high school. Like I was just <laughs> like, I man, I did, had no idea I could get this sick and not be dead. Yeah. And the um, so I. I mean, I try not to pursue those sort of like extreme, uh, you know, where you're sort of <laughs> staring into the void experiences mm-hmm. of, uh, I don't know, doing fucking uh, the duster or whatever. <laughs> you nice. know, the, in, my for, like, in my forties, like, trying to turn it down chicken from that. cleanse is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Just, but when those experiences do come around again, um, the that's one of the things like sort of later in life when you find something new that you haven't done yet, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's appealing just for its its newness or its novelty mm-hmm. i'm surprised at 28 you weren't like fucking only 10 minutes yeah i got this yeah you don't want me to do half an hour i just you know it's funny is like so when i first started playing in bands and stuff i remember like the first couple of like whatever the first like more than a couple the first 20 times you go up on stage to like perform or whatever panic attack like i'm just sweating hearts like beating out of my chest i can't believe i got i'm about to do this but the second you start, it's just it's over. Like I, all, all that panic is. It's like when you like the always the best way I can describe it is like cliff jumping or something, where you're like, oh, I'm gonna ju- you know jumping off a high thing into into a lake, and the second your foot leaves the 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 thing, you go, all right, <laughs> like you're just kind of you're in. <laughs> and so, but it's up to running and then the leaping, and then after that, you're just like, all right, we're doing it, you know. It's and so, um, so I. I was by that time I was like over being nervous for a, a musical performance thing, but f- this is like no net. It's just you talking. The yeah. silence is definitely. And the way I described it to my friends was just like like if you're crawling through the desert, and then um, each little chuckle was like one drip of water on your lips, and you're like, <laughs> I could go. I could keep going. I could keep going. So it was like, which sounds ridiculous, but it, it just in hindsight, it was it was such a crazy 
but it was like a thing I had all, always wanted to do. I was always a humongous like comedy fan and and I loved everything comedy and I but it was but I would just circle it like a I don't know, like a like a fucking pussy. I just didn't want to I did for whatever reason it was like it was also one of those things where it's like even though I was doing music stuff I was like how do you even get into doing stand up? How do you even start? Like what is it? What's it like? And and then once you start going so, and I start going to open mics a little bit around the the Phoenix area and I met a lot of great great people. Um, but it's such its own little community that it pretty quickly, like people are, you meet up with friends and they, they show you how, like, you're like, oh, you know, do this and do that and don't do this. And I don't know. Does that make sense? So I, um, yeah, dude, I, I think my first comedy, like official sort of like comedy gig was opening up for Doug Stanhope at a fucking sold out rock club in Minneapolis. <laughs> and the and i was just playing music and, uh-huh. and he was like yeah i'll have you open up and i was like okay um so bands usually play like 45 minutes so i'll do i'm opening up so i'll just do like 30 minutes or 35 minutes yeah and i think the longest 35 minutes of all of our lives you know the that yeah. you know, like people are, are just the you know it's it, his his crowd's pretty fucking hardcore and they had like you know saved up their nickel their greasy nickels to go yeah. and see their hero and i was the guy i was the phoenix standing in the way of their los angeles of yeah. like <laughs> wanting to see stan hope and i was like the man this is not going as well as i thought yeah <laughs> just i mean I, it's when i was still drinking too so also also i was fucking plastered but looking back in hindsight it's one of those things where you know it's like you when you were kids and you used to like fucking jump cars or something like that yeah. and you look back and you're like oh shit like ah i can't believe we made it yeah exactly yeah a hundred percent um what uh you said you were circling comedy for a long time before you finally gave in Mm -hmm. the what who were the guys who like fucking lit you up oh uh you mean like like who are my guys like comedically and stuff yeah yeah who who are the ones who sort of opened the door for you it's so funny like it's 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 funny going like back like so like so as a kid like growing up like like uh i loved you know of course like you know monty python benny hill kids in the hall all that shit dude i swear to god (laughs) okay so when i was like whatever like 10 11 or something like they would show reruns of benny hill and like on pbs and then they would show titties once in a while (laughs) and so i was just like this is my favorite and also it's so slapsticky and and broad like i just i was like this is the best thing i've ever seen this is hilarious yeah like, i mean the my still my my opener with a woman to these days is i throw on yakety sacks at full volume and then run around like patting her buttocks with a, like a, <laughs> a gleeful grin on my shiny face some and, of those uh, bits are so like stupidly funny too there's one where he's like a sniper in world war ii and he's like he has a and he, he like has a like a pair of binoculars right and they're like on the edge of like he's on top of a building and he looks out and there's hitler giving a speech and he starts assembling his uh his sniper rifle out of a briefcase and then he looks back up hitler's still giving his speech but as he looks down like the binoculars tip a little bit and he's putting the thing up and he looks back up and it's just aimed at a lady getting dressed in a window and he's like and so he's just like staring at it and he's putting it, and then he looks down and his gun's all fucked up like the barrels at the end of the stock and it's all like and, and st- stupid shit like that is still so funny <laughs> like i i love it that's, so uh, he he lost his chance to kill Hitler because he was staring at boobs. Is 
That's a legitimately funny sketch. Like, I don't know. It's it's the I mean, it's the human condition right there, too, right? right. You know, that like we're okay, one stop shopping. We're gonna put the same the same machine that you're gonna use to write the great American novel is gonna have instant access to just a, a buffet of the wildest pornography you can conceptualize. Yes. So oh my god, good, yeah. good luck with your writing. No, yes. <laughs> right now, yeah, that is so, so brutal. The uh I yeah, I, I like I got a, a new laptop uh last year. And I was like really pumped and I was like getting it all set up to do a bunch of writing. And I did for a little while. And then pretty soon I'm like, I could download like Steam, some video games on here. That should probably be fine. <laughs> and then I'm like, so uh, luckily, yeah, I, it comes in waves where you're just like, finally you get sick of it where you're like, that's enough. And you delete everything and you get back to it. But A, a friend of mine, a uh, woman in her thirties, you know, she has kids. Um, you know, we were talking, she's, you know, she's sort of on we in her marriage, which mm-hmm. I mean, that's like stitched into the the system. But, uh, you know, I was talking, talking to her sort of about like desire and sex and lust and, and the and just sort of like getting back nothing from her. And then finally, I was like, have you ever looked at like Internet porn? And she said, no. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. You you are in for a fucking ride. The, <laughs> and so like the to try to um she seems sort of very alienated from her own sexual desires or uh-huh. whatever. So I was like, I love giving people like sort of sadistic challenges. So I was like, okay, I just go to fucking Pornhub for 10 minutes a day, spend 10 minutes on Pornhub, like yeah. looking around, poking around, and like mm. figure out what you like and what you're into. And <laughs> you're all PS, I'm the devil. <laughs> dude i i have been laughing about it every single fucking day since i gave this to her because the because like i do think it's important like people you know people got to know what they like and you got to know what you're into in order to mm-hmm. to, to find what makes you happy and, right. and sexual fulfillment is important and stuff and also to man if i had made it to my 30s without looking at porno like I... the, think of what i would i would have done oh that, yeah it's, Ah, it's just yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. And then like the um, especially I I think for women too, it's it's so like uh, you know, uh, sexuality is evil, and they have to be you know, if you grew up any kind of like religious fucking background. And so when I I used to meet people in like their late twenties or sort of they're they're like women that were just like, oh yeah, I don't masturbate or whatever. You're like, I don't what, you know, like uh, and that to me it's like it's such a yeah, it's just what you're not. It's like. Well, then you don't know yourself at all. Like it, you know, not that it's like this great undertaking, but you should be, <laughs> you should be just as fucking filthy as the rest of us. All right. I'm not letting you walk around here. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do. I do feel weird about the, I mean, folks, if you're listening, if you're taking fucking like relationship and sexuality advice from me, like you're fucked already. Right. But the, um, <laughs> and, I, and, and it does feel, you know, to use sort of uh, Pornhub as the central text in ed- educating somebody about their own sexuality seems, it absolutely seems fucking perverse. But also I was like, what am I going to send? Like, am I going to go check this book out from the library? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, Totally. Yeah, I had to do Uh, something. I did want to circle back. Benny Hill wasn't like the thing that got me into doing stand up or whatever. Where I'm like, it's too late. No, it's too late. All I do on stage stage, is I slap a bald man on the head. (laughs) 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 That's all I do. It's a yakety sex. No, no, no. I, I, I just, I just liked everything, and I, and I loved uh, stuff. I really liked anybody that got, um, that would take something small and really blow it up, like hyperbolically, you know. uh, Patton was like a huge inspiration. Uh-huh. And um, I, you know, it's really funny is uh, 
the first comedy album I had that I fucking love, 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 love was uh, Dennis Leary's No Cure for Cancer, wow. which is like when I go back and listen to it now, it's so like cringy and it's, it's so actorly, you know, what I mean, like, like you know, uh-huh. it's, it's like if you watch it, it's like single spotlight, him in a dark room, smoking, slow paint, zoom in. He's all the year is 1978 or whatever, you know, and you're yeah, just like, it's like a Frank Miller comic book. Right, exactly. And you're just like, hey, what? Uh, so it's it's very it's, it takes itself a, way too seriously and stuff, but that that ability to just um, take a small little thing that annoyed him and, and ex- explode it and make it like a long rant and stuff and make it hyperbolic. I, I still that's very much I feel like my style, like it's very much a thing that I, I do as I. Uh, yeah, like that. So uh, and I listened to I had that on cassette uh, to, to date myself a little bit and I I. I burned it out. I it would warp the tape and then I'd have to yep. make another one. I'd probably made like three copies of it and just yeah. listen to it every day with my friend Justin on the on the bus. So it's interesting to go back and think about some of that stuff and f- try to figure out like why we came out the way that we are. And, you know, um, you know, the if you went the Led Zeppelin way or the Pink Floyd way. Yeah. And I feel like a major point of divergence for um for comics is uh whether it's Patton or Stanhope. Oh yeah. And the if it's I feel like if it's Stanhope, you have a lot of correction to do later in life. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean also for me, I mean whatever it was like Sam Kinison and fucking right. Andrew right. Dice Clay yeah. and you know the um I mean one of my I I, I like dare not go back and revisit this, but mm-hmm. the you know, one of the movies that really sort of like opened my eyes to like who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do was uh, Richard Pryor in the toy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is a, uh, if, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, uh, a rich white kid owns a black man. Yep. <laughs> the file under, you can't make that today, but, right. the, but that ended up being the thing that turned me on to Richard Pryor. Right. And then, I mean, you should turn it around. It's a it's a rich black guy. He owns a little boy. (laughs) No, no, that doesn't work either. That's so (laughs) weird. Okay, well, you know, scratch it. We'll work it out. Okay, Uh, slapping a bald man's head. (laughs) There we go. It all comes. But yeah, it's it is interesting to go back and look at some of that because a lot of the stuff that like just doesn't survive. You know, where you're like, ah, that's really, or you know, the um, but Bobcat Goldthwaite. Still fucking hilarious. So funny. And been hilarious this entire time. Mm-hmm. The um I was actually I was talking to my editor who just the guy who's like responsible for my entire writing career. And he uh he just quit working at Audible and we were trying to think about like, oh, what's one last piece that we could do? And I haven't had like a real job in a while. And we were and he was like, Oh, let's do fucking let's do a work thing because work is the most toxic thing in the American experience. Like, what's the what's the worst job that you can get? Mm-hmm. And I was like, cop. <laughs> I mean, Phoenix PD has a reputation for being like one of the the one of the one of the police departments police departments with the most amount of shootings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, a real fucking cowboy culture here. Mm-hmm. The uh, police Academy, also uh, a, a core text in my life that I like taught my Vietnamese foster brother how to speak English almost um, exclusively from hair metal and <laughs> the Police Academy, I don't know, the six movies or whatever. Um, so 
the that's to- great <laughs> <laughs> he, he speaks mostly in sound effects <laughs> mostly <laughs> it's it like doesn't... yeah that's what a car sounds like that's very good <laughs> oh god police academy is mostly like funny voice humor isn't that it? is i think that's great he just <laughs> He sounds like Bobcat, or he just does like a Jimi Hendrix guitar solo with his mouth. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no. Yeah, actually, I've worked with Bobcat. Uh, he's great. I, I opened for yeah. him uh, at Helium, uh, and that's super great guy. Like, such such a nice dude. He's got just crazy stories, too, like, because he's just, you know, been in Hollywood for so long. And uh, But I was going to say, like, his. I, I was telling him this, but I, I don't know if he, how much he appreciated it, but, like, I don't think he likes to hear that they like something super old that they did but his album meet bob has this great gun control bit that I, th- I think is so fucking funny and the whole joke is just that he um he wants to find somebody who's like a huge gun nut and they just love guns and like they're you know the the flag on the back of the truck kind of guy and he wants uh-huh. to just break into their house and then just uh have them wake up and he's sitting at the foot of their bed with a gun with one of their guns to his head and he goes hey have fun explaining this and blows his brains out <laughs> To me, it's so funny. Like it's so dark, but I'm just like, I just, I just love it as a, yeah, I don't know, a little. It's pretty damn dark, but it's still, it's like, damn, that's the, the ballsiest thing. The the best thing about this is that, uh, and this won't be captured in the podcast, of course, but that you're delivering this bit with a fucking target behind you. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> a huge. It's like from the 1920s. It's like a police academy target, and but the guy's oh, wow. got like a jaunty jacket and a hand on his hip. So you're just um, you just have that for the fashion tips. I don't know. I liked it as like a like kind of a found piece of it does. In hindsight, when I do these Zoom calls, I'm like, it does seem like I'm a huge gun guy or whatever. I'm like, I love it. But I just to me, I just love that it's um, I don't, I don't know. I, I like taking something from one context and putting it in another, you know, like so it's just yeah, it's uh, wall art. The paper's all aged and thick and uh, it's. I, I have a black velvet painting of uh, John Wayne that I found on the street in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And the and that was in my Zoom backdrop for a minute. And then I was like, whoops, let, let me uh, let me curate that a little differently because the yeah, we are all being judged right at all times by our Zoom backdrops. I well, I mean, so I, yeah, it does seem like I, I'm like a gun person, but to me, it's like, a, I don't know, it's a historical artifact thing. I don't know. Plus, uh, you know, who is it? Who is this guy? Who's this guy with the jaunty jacket and the bald head? Who is it? He? Maybe it's Hitler. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's Hitler. it is. I um, <laughs> on the on the subject of cops again. I uh, I just found this out. I was talking to a guy last night who was filming some stuff for Ali Makovsky, and he said that he um, he went in to shoot like the um, it's like the Portland uh, fancy cat expo. Like at the okay, and yeah. so he went to like yeah. So they were judging all the fancy cats and stuff, and he was talking to somebody, and turns out to become a a cat judge for one of these like cat competitions, you have to go to school for five years, but to be a cop, you have to. It takes four months. <laughs> like that is, it's so fucking funny and sad to me. <laughs> well my my number one career choice was fancy cat judge but the competition <laughs> i couldn't, I couldn't hang in there it's just schooling it's too much yeah. <laughs> so i washed out and they gave me this gun yeah <laughs> and now i'm in charge yeah he's like I, now i'm a street judge or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know but yeah uh, uh, yeah 
I, um, what, uh, what have you been up to this year? Are you, have you been on the road a lot or I know you work as a writer as well. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on the road a bunch. Um, I've, uh, I've slowed down and, uh, writing for hard times a little bit. It's, uh, uh, which is a fucking great, great magazine. Everybody should check out if you don't know the, the hard times, but it's just punk rock news (laughs) and like, and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I've been trying to be on the road more. I've been trying to get out there more, trying to put myself out there, you know, just doing the, uh, every time I talk to a comic, we always do the the same, like, uh, it's like the the rubbing our temples. I mean, like fucking having to, having to self-promote is always such a. Oh, dude. It's like such a, well, because as, as people that are naturally, I feel like, um, you know, a, a little more uh, introspective, a little more, you know, like aloof as comics, you know, we're the the house cats of people. And, uh, and so to be like, all right, I got to be out there and promote myself. Like I, like I have self-confidence. <laughs> it, it, it is such a, it, it really is such a, um, you, you know, it's like a fish hook and a marshmallow. You, you're, it's, you're like, I have too many feelings about everything that I encounter in my life. And some of them are funny. So I'm going to make these, I'm going to make these into these sort of like word thought experiments. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'm going to navigate my way through a life that, you know, mostly terrifies me. And the price that I will pay for doing that is having to tell everybody, Hey, I'm great. You should pay 15 bucks to come and see me talk about my feelings for seven minutes or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And the, I, it's a weird um i was talking to colin my friend who produces the podcast and he's going back to school mm-hmm. and uh and so we might be wrapping this up and he sort of like really like hemmed and hawed and sort of tiptoed around it and like uh the well you know maybe if you get me the stuff in advance and i, I know i'm working a full-time job and then also going to school three nights a week for you know three hours at a time and the and I immediately was like, oh, my God, one less thing to promote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's. <laughs> yeah, but that's the truth. We were just like, oh, that would be awesome <laughs> to like have to not. It, but yeah. but it is. I mean, I mean, some people <laughs> die in mind collapses, you know, what I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> yeah. it's not, you know, I feel like it's 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 hard to think it's easy to lose perspective on like yeah you know i could be i could be uh chest deep in sewage or something yeah. like yeah you know or whatever uh, making lots more money <laughs> 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 that's I heard the that's, other half of it too we were like oh, i heard that I sewage gig is a real bringer show though <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh fuck i don't know Oh, uh, congratulations on uh, cooking that uh, rabbit in a shovel, by the way. That was, that's some man shit. That's dude. I, the, it's funny that the shovel's still in my yard. You'll see it next week when you're here. My my dog keeps like walking by it and looking at it. And then she goes over and like gives it a sniff and like a little bit of a lick and then like goes to see if there's other stuff in the yard and then comes back to it. And yeah, but, but yeah, that was, um, such a fucking weird it's funny because the when you 
when you commit to doing comedy and writing bits and jokes and stuff like that, the um, you step on attack and you're like, okay, this is this is gonna be a, a joke or whatever, yeah. or the I got COVID for the third time, or mm-hmm. I punctured my eardrum or whatever it is. The um, the thing that you do, you're gonna you find a way of like, uh, you know, my I, my car got sideswiped. If I can punch this up and turn it into, um, I have no idea how to punch up cooking a rabbit in a shovel i it's like there's i i stumped my i did something in my life funnier and stupider than anything i can ever make up right i i I, like i don't know i that's what when you were you know talking about writing for the hard times i was thinking that it's been like i feel like it's been real lean years for Mm -hmm. parody sites in the last five to seven years because with Trump, it's mm-hmm. like parody and reality just folded in on each other. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I keep doing this stupid thing of like getting, I get my, um, I get, I like read all the news, my news aggregators read it. So that's where I, I read all the shit. And the, so I wake up in the morning, grab a thing of cold coffee, sit on the couch, curse my failing body and read the news. And some of the shit that you read about like the, um, you know, we're banning books in schools, all books, no, yeah. no more written language that right. every child will carry an AK and you're reading it like drinking coffee and trying to like get your brain going again. And you're like, the, is this, this is like an unfunny onion piece. I mm-hmm. can't, when does it, when does it turn? And it never right. does. And it's, right. that's just the world that we live in. It's, it's the, the, yeah, that has been a, an issue for a long time. Cause it's like the, how do you pair, how do you parody or satire or something that's like so doesn't even care if it's even close to approaching reality or anything you know and it's like so I, I don't know i used to do a bit a long time ago about uh flat earthers and stuff you know like mm-hmm. years ago and uh and even now when you say it you're just like ugh, you know or whatever but now <laughs> it's like that's a cute thing it's like like yeah let them think that it's like the it's the uh nancy pelosi drinks baby blood thing is probably that's probably a little more you know upsetting you know or whatever or that uh you know uh all trans people they they you know they survive in shadow and uh, whatever (laughs) sleep they have to sleep on the ground of the of of the their homeland you know like really set the fill a casket full of dirt it's an important part of you know whatever so all other like crazy stuff you're just like oh yeah it's how do you how do i make this like silly or crazy and that was definitely a huge issue in the trump years i mean you saw it with like you know, snl became like just dumb like who just yeah. became like uh i mean it was already never fantastic for for real politics and and real like um discussion of uh, you know the, the you know capitalism for lack of a better term but you know yeah. like just because it's a lot it's all about money you know like that's so, the real thing it's all about corruption and that's always the one thing that's missing from like all the the real stuff is like yeah all these people are bought and paid for but you have to pretend that your side is good or something so anyway very good it's fun times i don't know how you, uh did i answer that at all and yeah but- sure the um there's there's no answers here only questions right. i do like the idea of as you know human beings with conscience that we we sort of try to helpfully uh shepherd uh the soft-boiled eggs of humanity towards the coors light of conspiracy theories right rather rather than the the like the real sort of vile horrifying shit yeah the, I mean, it's, it's 
Yeah. It's hard. It's always the, it's ha- my buddy, Dan Weber, who's a super funny comic here in Portland, but he, uh, he always talks about how putting it's, it's about putting sugar in the medicine, you know, it's like, that's, so if you're trying to talk about something. And so for a long time, that's how I've always tried to approach like what I like when I, when I'm doing more political things, which is what I try to do is like, um, uh, there's at least some of what I do, but I, I try to just, I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I make this like sci-fi? Like where you don't realize you're, you know, to you, it's like, oh, it's the Kardashians versus the Federation or whatever. But in reality, you're like, oh, this is about Israel and Palestine or so, or whatever the thing is. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's like, so it's always like, how do I talk about this thing? And maybe you don't realize right away that's what I'm talking about. Or maybe how do I hit you from the left where you're like, or from a from a side jab or something where you don't understand that like, oh, I wasn't expecting to laugh, but then I I did because you came at it from this other angle or whatever. And so I think that's. I mean, and sometimes that works, you know, like, but I feel like that's kind of all you can do is try to turduck in your message a little bit. <laughs> oh, wait, is it way to save it in the end? Turducken <laughs> <laughs> is always funny. The the international bird of comedy. Yeah, it the, is. Um, what, uh, other than the turducken, what sources outside of comedy are influences in your comedy? Oh, geez. Um, outside of comedy, I love, man, I'm always like really inspired by like, I mean, I, I like for me, like what I find, I find really dark things pretty funny. And and so it's always like punk and, and metal uh, music. I, I like more extreme. I've always liked more extreme art in general, you know, like so um, books that are really fucked up and, uh, you know, just kind of art like that. I, I've always found to be like, uh, very fascinating and like so i mean and that's also another one of those things where as time goes by you're like man okay well that's uh mm, I that's time, to, time to donate the trench coat to goodwill exactly the, yeah. yeah and so <laughs> so because of those things you're like but at the same time it, it is it is interesting to watch to see people do those things where they're they're poking society in those ways and and um and 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 it and for how far right we're swinging right now and stuff in the country, it, it's funny to see how many things that weren't really that crazy, like, you know, like uh, now when you look back, you're like, wow, that was pretty, that was a real, that's a really political thing right there, you know? So uh, even a lot of Carlin stuff that's like, um, that was like pretty good at the time, pretty edgy at the time, but now it's like, wow, like, just like they would, you know, this guy would be. I don't know, even 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 more lambasted now or whatever. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think of um Carlin and Pryor and some of those guys doing stuff that's that's more cutting edge now than it was at the time. Right. Um the the connection between punk and comedy, that's always seemed like pretty clear to me because like mm-hmm. the are two art forms that um they're sort of like shitting on, um, you know, contemporary culture, poking fun of contemporary culture. But oh, yeah. the the connection between, um, and you know, and there's um, dude from Lawrence Arms who did the, the nihilist Arby's thing, yeah. um, and then um, you know, Kinane has sort of he's, he's he wears a fucking pegboy shirt in every. <laughs> it's like oh, photo op. <laughs> Let me grab my my latest pegboy shirt. You know, yeah. the um, but the. The connection between metal and comedy always stuns me because the um, metal to me always seems 
sort of like self-important musical mm-hmm. theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't get the connection between metal and comedy. Well, so like for me, like metal is metal is just like the horror genre of music. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, okay. so if you like, so it's basically you're like, Oh, I'm going to listen to a horror movie. It's basically how I always think of metal. So it's always like right. this. And it is a little more theatrical or a little more, um, it definitely comes from more like a, a fictional place, you know, of like storytelling than, but it is the same as like, but all those guys, like, which, you know, like a lot of metal heads, like, I mean, they're the same guys. They hate, you know, fucking have trouble with cops. They have trouble with, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. They want to, um, I mean, some, some of the metal shit, you know, they're, they're like, it's just the, you know, I am the dark overlord. And I'm like, you're wearing concealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, I, the, the punk rock thing is, that's a very easy, like, tie-in because, but I feel like they're both, I mean, I, I still feel like, especially now metal, like, I mean, maybe when it first started was, but it still is like this very working class, you know, uh, musical form. Right, right. You know what I mean? Punk rock, especially, because you're doing it in an, you know, I'm going to get drunk in this alley, and then I'm going to go into this adjacent <laughs> abandoned building, and we're going to plug into, like, the neighboring building to, for the power, and then we're going to play a show. Until it gets uh, shut down. Until it gets shut down. Uh, metal shows are exactly, you know what I mean? It's just like, look, we're going to puke in this bucket. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, we're going to go in. We're going to, so it's the same, like, um, it, I think it's at the heart kind of the same ethos. Uh, uh, although, yeah, one's a little more theatrical, a little more uh, fictional. But I I do, I think that same thing of, of I've always said this, that I feel like um, that to me, comedy is like one of those, real like uh working class art forms that that it like you when you do stand up you're doing it in like the back of like a chinese restaurant or a laundromat or like you know what i mean or, yeah. or wherever you're just doing I, it in I, these like i did a laundromat uh, this year dude yeah oh yeah uh and it wasn't my a, first <laughs> actually I've, I've done laundromat shows and they're pretty good honestly <laughs> like, actually not a bad space to do it um, but yeah, it's yeah, it is your guarantee funny. is uh, forty bucks and you'll lose a sock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're all like, look, I gotta. Uh, I'm like, let's see. You hear your buzzer go off. You're like, okay, I gotta take that <laughs> stuff out. So I'm gonna, in, I'm, gonna I'm gonna leave you with this. <laughs> but it's so. But it's. But it is. You're just. You're doing it in these. Uh, you know. Um, uh, the wood paneling bars, uh, <laughs> like all across uh, the country, to yeah, drunks of various. Uh, uh, levels of camo you know and that's just what you're doing you know and i but i like that about it you know i and what i i feel like when it gets to a place of and i like when it can get to a big theater space or whatever i think that's that but it but it i don't think it can s- sustain itself there so you see comics fall off pretty quickly when they get to the theater level and god willing i get there i would love to have <laughs> i can't excuse. wait to make that mistake <laughs> uh, i can't wait to completely be disconnected from reality in every way but i yeah i, yeah, I i'm really sort of anti-comedy club and the but in, in some ways it comes from a like a position of privilege of my own in that i know all these people mm-hmm. um you know one of my favorite comedy sets i've seen this year was uh in memphis uh, Josh McLean from Heels, uh, mm-hmm. Jake Flores and I were going through 
and uh, Josh, not a large dude. The there was a cinder block on the stage, like to hold up their drum, uh, the bass drum for yeah. the, like when they played music later. Mm-hmm. So Josh just hopped up on the fucking the cinder block as if it were a stage, and then delivered his entire set from there. That's and it was, awesome. And the for a comic like when you when you can't move around when you're just rooted in one. I mean, Josh is not somebody who's a particularly low intensity person either, mm-hmm. but it was just uh, straight up fury, and it was hilarious. You know the, but I can't. Um, you know, it's like I've seen so many amazing you know punk bands and rock bands play those little five dollar shows mm-hmm. that it's so hard for me to imagine. Um, going to going to a fucking stadium to see kevin hart or right the fuck, you know yeah and then uh and then getting into it yeah um it's the, definitely really strange i saw um <laughs> i uh oh, oh fuck i'm gonna space this on his name right now damn it come on brain um let it go and come back to it and then it'll yeah, pop still, up. Yeah. yeah but I, I i saw this i saw a comic uh recently like big theater thing and they <laughs> And it's probably better. I don't even say the name, but they came out and they did that thing where it's all ladies and gentlemen, blah, and then like strip like ACDC, like rock music was playing and stuff. And I was like, and the crowd's like, yeah. and I'm like, that kind of sucks. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I do like, I mean, I like ACDC and stuff, but it's still, but it's, it is a weird vibe to be like, that's right. This rock, you know, this rocks too. And then he's like, you know, yeah, my wife is- sucks or whatever his <laughs> thing was. And then it's just like, ugh. Comedy as monster truck rally. Exactly, yeah. But I uh, actually think there's going to be one of those going on across the street from us uh, while you're in town performing. Oh, really? So that we we may we may dip over. <laughs> I the, would love to do Nariko out opening up for Grave Digger. Dude, I would love to watch. It. Oh yeah, people were definitely like, "All right, everybody, please shush." I got stories. Yeah, the, my friend, my friend Grave Digger's up next, but you know, I want to do crowd work from the middle of that dirt field, <laughs> <laughs> just standing on like a fucking a, smashed Chrysler LeBaron. I'm just on the such a bloodbath. The, I'm just trying to do crowd work from a million miles away. Do you? Okay, when's the last time you quit comedy in your head? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> I always say that as a comic, you're only as happy as your last set <laughs> or like, or as your like, or your newest joke. Like, yeah. like, as you're like, so if you're, if your newest joke is already feeling old to you, then it's like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like then it, then it's, I don't know. I think I quit comedy in my head. I, uh, I have, I have uh long nights of doubt or whatever, but I, that's also just as a depressed person. Like I, I get the, you know, you're just, you're like, you're trying a thing. It's not working. And then you're just like, or worse, you do something that works a million times so that it just doesn't work for that room, which is absolutely something that happens. And then you get to this place where you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, so I could learn German. I could, I could, <laughs> they got a whole healthcare situation, you know, they got safety nets. I feel like I could I can go to school for free if I could just learn the language, get out there. Um, learn one of the hardest Western languages. <laughs> Look, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? It seems easy. Seems nice I've, and easy from here. I've certainly had moments where I was at Safeway, like looking at the guy gathering up the carts and being like, he looks like he's having a good time. Like the, <laughs> out in the sunshine, all that fresh air. You're your own boss. 
I could spin a sign out, out in front of this mattress door. There, dude, there is no greater argument than a human being's right to suicide than people working spinning signs. Yes. Like, that that guy, we got to give him permission to die. Right. You know, that, oh, 100%. That's... I can recognize rock bottom. That's it right there. <laughs> it's so funny. In in Oregon, there, there was a law. I think they just overturned it, but it's been in, in, in place for decades. But it's this where you can't pump your own gas, right? So oh, you pull God. up at a gas station, yeah. and there's a gas station guy that comes out, and he pumps your gas for you, which uh, I've always looked at. I'm like, well, it makes jobs. You know, there's people that have some some kind of job now. It's, yep. it's not the most glamorous I, thing. I, I did that for a summer. Yeah, and for me, it's like also I'm like, if you're like a lady traveling late at night, I can see that being kind of like something you would you don't mind is like, mm-hmm. hey, I don't have to get out of this car at three in the morning. And it's kind of ritzy, too. It's the gas station attendant. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah they give you a little wet nap afterwards. <laughs> I can't believe they don't do that at like quick trips in Arizona. Like they already it's basically like 1950s style. Good evening, sir. Can I interest you in a soda beverage or whatever? You're like, While oh. somebody cuts the cattle, like rolls on your car to cut the catalytic converter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But so um, anyway, they just repealed that. But I, I that that to me is like that is I'd rather do that for the rest of than spin a you know what I mean like. But people yeah. complain about that that come to Oregon and they're like, oh, what what is the point of this? I'm like, you guys have there's a sign spinner like a stick. You know what I mean? And a loose bolt could do I that. I love job. that social welfare in America is that we make laws making pumping gas illegal, and that um, this is what you have to fall back on. Right. No, no health insurance. No, no health insurance. No, no community. But you can pump gas. You can breathe in some of these carcinogenic fumes all day I, long. I always have like the smell of gas. I have yeah. too. I love it. Like, yeah. Even as a kid, I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I get it, but it smells good. I think my parents caught me once, like, like just not huffing because I was probably like six, but just uh-huh. in- intently smelling. Like yeah. bend, bent over with my head in the little, uh, the little cubby hole that the gas thing goes into, and yeah. I think that was the moment where they were like, "I think we're gonna have problems with him." I think, I think he's gonna. I've got that beat. I used to love the taste of Pepto Bismol. Actually, I kind of still do, and I used to just steal sips of it. And then like, where I was oh. just like, as a kid, where I'm like, "Hell yeah!" And I just take a little. <laughs> I thought it tasted good. Like. So the that's, world's youngest old person. Yeah, I, it's so weird to be like. <laughs> I got to a point with my drinking where I would just, I would uh, just pour vodka into Pepto Bismol. Oh, and that's what I, that's what I would drink. <laughs> <laughs> we call that, call that the red flag. That's, that's, that's we'll call that drink. Holy fuck, dude, that rocks. <laughs> You're all like, oh. St- a little Pepto-Bismol vodka here. The cause oh. of and solution to your gastric distress. Dude, that, that's hilarious. I mean, that's uh, deeply, you know, that's, that's troubling. Also very alcoholic. It's, yeah. Yes, but it's that not, that needs a better name. That needs the fucking. We'll come yeah. up with something with that. The, yeah. the pink elephant on parade. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> The um yeah I don't know uh we'll have those that will be our featured uh beverage uh when you're in town oh uh, perfect doing the show what is this Thursday April sixth that that's when uh you'll be performing on the coffee table in my side yard the, hell yeah it's funny because I um I'm a fan of yours you know oh. the we don't know each other particularly well but I'm I'm a fan of you as a comic you know every time I've seen you perform whether we're on stage together or you're somewhere else the um. I, I fucking love it. You did a bit at 
altercation about, and I think it was just like, it was just riffs or something, or maybe you just sold it as that, but you were like, Oh, okay. Here's a bunch of pizzas that nobody should ever make. (laughs) And dude, it was fucking diabolical. It was so fucking funny. And it was one of those things. And it was one of those sets where while you were doing it, I was watching you up there having fun, laughing at your own jokes. And I was like, fuck this guy. Why <laughs> this is working so well. And I, I, I just, I'm full of resentment towards him for it. Uh, I'll, I'm oh, going to thank you. I'm going to trip him and push him down after this. I, that is a big, I, I do. I, I like to, uh, some people, like, I don't know. I, I like to have a good time up there. And like that to me is like the best, most freeing part of it is that it, you're just like, Hey, this is like, uh, what's it's I, we're sharing a good time and I'm, we're like we're I'm messing around and and I think people appreciate those things like um that's a yeah that's a that thanks for reminding me of that bit I should probably <laughs> put that online or something I haven't really done that in a long time oh but, yeah. dude it's great the um and an altercation it was just I remember it was one of those things where it's like the you know you're at uh, soccer practice or whatever and you mm-hmm. you do sprints and you're like ah, okay I'm glad we're done I think I can I can't do another one the coach is like all right 10 more and you're like oh fuck ah like just where you're laughing and you can't catch your breath it's, yeah oh oh thanks man I got that's the highest compliment like uh to me is like when you when you see a, a comic I've, I've seen a handful of times i've seen a comic that just won't let me catch my breath and uh yeah and it's uh my and it was my favorite experience is when um i i one time i saw uh pat oswald perform uh in like 99 and he had a, a had like i flew to new york it was like a so i was a kid but i i flew out there and i, I saw him at the show and i yeah and he and it I couldn't catch my breath and my side fucking hurt. And I, in my mind, I'm just like, shut the fuck up for five sec. Let me stop hurting. And I, and to me, I'm like, damn, that's, that's a superpower. That's so crazy. You know? So um, I would definitely, I, I love it. If I, if I ever give anybody approaching something like that, you know, that kind of experience, you know, another comic did that is a Simon Gibson is this a uh, complete whirlwind of a comic out of LA. And, uh, he's uh he's so uh manic and crazy that like um even after you're laughing super and you're crying laughing you're just or i you know and then you, then you go and then afterward you're like i i have no idea what what any one joke was like you know like it's it's all it's so frantic that you're like I, you can't even describe what you saw or whatever anyway so there, there are some comics where it's a like a measure of how good they are as a writer as, or as a comic that you mm-hmm. can just sort of uh, vacuum up one of their jokes and then repeat it at the water cooler at work mm-hmm. the next day or, yeah. or fucking tell it to your girlfriend as if you wrote it or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck, you know, and then there are other comics where a measure of their quality is that it's impossible to mm-hmm. translate. Yeah. The, um, you know, the. There's always, you know, people on Reddit sort of like repeating uh, Mitch Hedberg jokes. Yeah. And I, and I think they're funny because I know the source material, but it's the kind of thing that I think um, delivered by anyone else. They just lack that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, there's something because the, the he just um, he was like, you know, he seemed like a big kid. He was mm-hmm. just so delighted every time. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say this. And it's going to be funny again. Yeah. You know. I've, I've seen Hedberg twice before he died and it was wow. like crazy. Yeah. He came again, Arizona people come through sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> he was, yeah, that guy uh, was so funny and like um, 
to the point where and 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 a weird when I saw him, he played the improv in Tempe, and uh, he uh, he had clearly taken some pills or something before he started. And so about 20, 25 minutes into his set, they kicked in and then he couldn't stand up anymore. So he leaned up, he like sat at the piano stool and leaned up there. And then he, his notebook was on the other side of the piano and he goes, <laughs> I can't reach my notebook guys. Just yell some stuff out and I'll do the joke. <laughs> and that was the last 30 minutes of his set was people would just yell things and he would go, Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's this joke. And then he would do the joke. Which is insane. The be- <laughs> Which I can't imagine, you know what I mean? Like, and it worked every time. It wasn't even like, you know, even if you had heard the joke before or whatever. So one of you- my great regrets in life is um, I was in New York in whatever, 2007, 2008. And I was uh, hooked. Fuck it. We'll say hooked. I was hooked on this crazy painkiller called Opana which uh-huh. made um, Oxycontin look like fucking sweet tarts. It was just uh-huh. that. And, and I think that was, or no, it wasn't Oxy that made me realize I was in trouble. It was morphine. Somebody gave me morphine and it did nothing to me. And I was like, man, oh. if morphine is doing nothing to me, what, uh, what's the, what's the main thing that I've been taking? Yeah. But um, I introduced that drug Opana and Mitch Hedberg to Gavin McInnes the uh-huh. fucking founder of the Proud Boys. Wow. Who at that point was just a run of the, it was just the asshole who, one of the, you know, guys who had started Vice. And yeah. The, but if I could go back in time, I don't know that I would kill baby Hitler, but I would take those drugs and Mitch Hedberg back from Gavin McInnes. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, I, too bad that guy didn't take a lot of those <laughs> right. drugs all at once. I should have given him more. Yeah, <laughs> you're like here's a here's a drink you can. Like, I usually substitute the the Opana with Pepto Bismol, but for you, <laughs> we're gonna blend these. Yeah, that's wow, so the, funny. That's so crazy. The it's, Opana was a beautiful pink too. The yeah, it would have been perfect. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna give you. <laughs> don't want to trigger you to have like a fucking relapse or anything, man. You're just all like, oh, delicious. um that's so funny man like uh so like i still drink uh but i I, i'm like not you know not never i don't know never really i mean it depends on what you uh, call crazy but i just i don't know i i like i like having a little bit of a buzz and i Uh I, more than i like being hammered you know like that's you know and and in phoenix where i grew up it's like it was easy to get pills and stuff and i there was a good summer or two where i was like uh, experimenting with pills but it was always in service of like I'm like, hey, if I take a Valium, I only have to drink. I can drink like three beers. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then I'm all good, the money like, all save. Night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, um, and so it was just in service of like, I'm like, hey, cool, I can, you know. And it would be so many times to be hanging out at like Casey Moore's on Tempe in Tempe, and I'd be like, I'd be having like two beers or whatever, and then I'm like, you know, mixing this with uh with oxy is not bad or whatever and then i just realized that i've been scratching my arm like for like <laughs> three hours just like like compulsively and i'm like okay well so uh like i said it was always just in service of like hey now my my beer seems a little more fun or whatever but it was never- I, I i wish i could have been one of those people yeah. but the but i mean i think Judging by the amount of relish, I spoke about getting food poisoning. <laughs> like, I, you did. Your voice did get a little soft on the edges there. <laughs> a golden hue wrapped your memories. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've always been a fucking sort of extremes kind of guy. Yeah, but well, we the, couldn't hear it here, but when you said Opana, there was a, a choir that that harmonized with you. Oh, Opana. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, I, I still, um, and that's one of the weird things about <laughs> having been, you know, an alcoholic and the, I'm going to say scare quotes junkie, but the a pill head or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, is that I, I still, I'll still have dreams about like, uh, like old Warner Brothers cartoons that like uh you know an opana the size of a barrel like rolls down the stairs and I grab onto it and I'm like gnawing on it like a rat you know and I'm like smorgasbord smorgasbord and uh, <laughs> and that is the truly vile thing about addiction is that it does like uh it does you know just change your fucking brain you oh, know, absolutely. sort of like forever absolutely but, uh it'll be 14 years uh for me sober oh, in, that's awesome end of may congrats man. that's awesome the, thanks it's uh it's weird and boring and it's you know sort of from one you hop from one quagmire to a different quagmire but right. uh but one of the things that i i feel like in late sobriety i've been working on a lot is um be able to talk about that shit without um like not make that part of my life forbidden or to because in early sobriety, you have to erect like a fucking barricade between you and your past, so you don't hop over the wall again. You know, absolutely, yeah. Um, but after 14 years, I can definitely look back and say, like, oh yeah, when I was living in Boulder, and that dude rolled through with a bunch of Valium, and then we found a cherry tree, and we just lay under it and like fucking ate cherries all night. Like, that was amazing. Yeah, and it was you know a, a magical thing that wouldn't have happened without the benefit of you know a couple little pills. Mm-hmm. Um. It is that is I would say that's a that is a thing in 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 kind of a punk rock like thing is there is a um a romanticizing of like nihilism is like in general you know and so yeah. there's a romanticizing of of art and and uh, a yeah like that decadent nihilism or self destruction and and but as you then you get to this place I feel like where you know, where you're just like, oh, this is, it's also very like selfish and, and it, and, and it's kind of, and it's hard. It's kind of a, ultimately like a, a childish thing. Do you know what I mean? To be like, to have yeah. that long term. Cause you're like, oh yeah. But then what if there's people that need you or, or if there's a, 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 what if there's something you could stand up for and use your energy to like try to make better or whatever, you know, like, uh, so it's, it's one of those things where as you, at least as I have gotten older, I'm like, I, 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 I look back and I'm like, oh, that's kind of a, it's kind of a simplistic, you know, worldview that I feel like, uh, it, I think it's, I think it, maybe it's, it's something that could be talked about. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it was given too much credence, but it, it is a romantic concept of like a, of a you know, but it's weird though. It's weird because like a lot of us are, um, I feel like you're a little bit younger than me, close to my age. They're probably around your age. Late thirties, early forties. Early forties, yeah. Um, I'm 46. The we're we're at an age where most of us have outlived most of our childhood heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, the oh, yeah. I um I have a shed in my back. I I have two sheds in my backyard. Actually, one a of them. Dwyer, the, all <laughs> kinds of guys. The the nicer shed. The play your cards right. Maybe I'll cook you a rabbit in it. Ooh. Um, the I was cleaning it out with my mom the other day because I'm 46. I still can't take care of myself the but i found a couple of posters in it that had been left there i think by the previous occupant mm-hmm. people do people occupy sheds of course they do in phoenix but the yeah. and one was uh sid vicious in the chelsea hotel super okay. cool yeah. and another one was uh young elvis and so I, I like old tattered rock posters from the 90s i was like fuck yeah i'm gonna put these up and then i looked at them and i was like 
So both of these guys died in 1977, the year that I was born. Uh-huh. And the combination of these two, like, can you get a more, I mean, maybe we'll put Gigi Allen up there or whatever, yeah. but uh, what a fucking dummy I am. The, it's like, <laughs> like the, op- the opposite of an exorcism, like just summoning those, yeah. those fucking yahoos. But it, yeah, that's so funny. It is. Yeah. One died early, like uh, young and the other one, like <laughs> hung around. <laughs> one died too early and one died too late yeah, <laughs> yeah. One, exactly and you're like uh, so yeah one one later on was like and that's another one of those great like uh you know it i mean hero things where like imagine being like a young elvis fan like when you're a kid you're like oh this is the guy that's actually you know this is rock and roll i'm seeing it for the first time or something and then, then later on he's like got a big pompadour and shaking hands with nixon or whatever and you're like getting a getting a badge from him or whatever you're like this sucks man i, I think mean, i mean i think we've seen that with like a bunch of our heroes who turn yeah. out to be like fucking right-wing shitheads yeah the, i i need to write something about this a weird hail mary that i've had which is you know i was a huge my gateway drug to rock and roll was appetite for destruction oh yeah and the and so I've always been a huge Guns N' Roses fan. Um, For sure. Met Slash last year at Mark Lanigan's funeral, which was such a fucking bizarre experience. Yeah. Um, and then, but Axel was one of those guys, you know, who like I loved when I was a kid. And then as you get older and you're like, oh, yeah, beating up his girlfriend and terrorizing her and like just horrible shit. And the you're like, oh, no, the and then. Now he's like woke and um, Guns N' Roses was sort of the roadmap for how to put on huge rock shows safely during the height of COVID. And um, Axel's like, um, I don't know. He he turned out, it's like all that isolation and excess and celebrity actually cured his sick head instead of turning into him, him into some fucking Rob Schneider shithead. (laughs) Right. It, it is i mean you never know what like what it's gonna do i guess like but or how you're gonna age but i was doing a joke about it for a little bit but i was i, I had read that like if kirk Cobain hadn't died he'd be 56 like this year and then i'm mm-hmm. like man that really saved us from him like given having like some like shitty right wing like you know what i mean i don't think he uh... would be that guy but i mean but you never thought any of these guys would be that guy, you know what I mean? Like we're, but he has, he has shown an affinity for guns. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like, you know, or who knows if, you know, he sobers up and then he just gets like really captured by like, you know, suddenly he just, he's just on like, he's on Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro's podcast or whatever. Or but selling, I just, he's selling crypto. Yeah. But we just saved us from his like later, like, <laughs> like, like, yeah old man politics or whatever and you're just like the only, oh, the no. only thing more tragic than an early death is the lack of one i mean that would be a real hard pivot for that I guy know. <laughs> like he was, a, he was a real big like proponent of like trans rights in the 90s you know so I, yeah but it's still it's it's still a but i'm just saying you never know and like yeah so, people change and people evolve and mm-hmm. yeah who knows who knows but what uh, uh what else do you have going on this year that you're excited about let's see um well, I'm excited for taking that trip, seeing you, like seeing you, seeing people out in Phoenix again. I'm I'm pumped. I'm going to be um, doing Oakland a couple weeks after that, doing some shows. 
uh, drop uh, those Phoenix dates or the Arizona dates. The, uh, whatever, April 6th, you're the, Thursday, the you're at my house. And then yeah. where are you, the other shows? What am I doing? I'm doing a, a gateway show in Phoenix with my, uh, and then I'm also doing one in Tucson. So uh, those will be really fun. Uh, so I don't know, check those out. Uh, I'm, I'm also, yeah, there's some shows out in Oakland. Um, I, I haven't even bought my plane tickets yet. I'm so, I am so bad with this shit where I like, I, put things off to the last minute you know just because it's like i don't know again can't take care of myself can't do shit <laughs> fucking falling apart um uh, yeah what else have i got going on i'm um i've got a i want to do a bunch of uh i've decided i'm gonna just really push myself to writing uh outside of stand-up more like uh, doing a lot huh. more uh script writing and uh maybe just joke writing try to put together some packets doing all that horse shit but i but just in general kind of pushing myself as a writer more um, right on. i think I, I i got those skills i think i should just hone them and and, and put myself out there and getting better guitar that's gonna be my other thing i've decided i i suck at it but i want to get better at it finally awesome. Yeah, I, I literally have like 40 guitars here. So nice. the I we can uh we can we can play with toys. Hell when yeah. When you're here. Yeah, you were when you you did post a thing about selling some and I I cannot I did go through a nerd out pretty hard. I was like I'm like, oh, "Okay, that's kind of an inch." Okay. Oh yeah. I no, I have all kinds of fucking I have like every like platypus of uh <laughs> 70s guitars here. Hell yeah. But um awesome. Where uh where can people find your stuff? Uh, let's see. I'm on uh, at Nariko underscore Ott, uh, N-A-R-I-K-O underscore O-T-T uh, on every platform. Um, I've got a website, uh, NarikoOtt.com. Now you can go to and I, I, tr I try to keep that up to date as much as I can. Um, let's see. Uh, there's a Rip City Comedy Festival. They're doing a comedy festival out here in Portland. We're finally bringing a comedy festival back since the since Bridgetown closed down. So uh, awesome. uh buddy Joe Bukowski's putting that thing together and it's got a bunch of awesome comics. So that's gonna be in May. So I'm excited okay. to be a part of that. And um I've got a podcast uh I have with my buddy Dan Weber. Uh there we kind of pick uh it's called What's More Metal. And we pick uh, a random topic and then we find the most metal example we can find. And so we've done like most metal candy bar, most metal LaCroix flavor. Most of it, like so, and it's just like it's usually like if we could find um, a candy bar that like uh, a Nazi choked on, we're like, that's the one, that one fucking, that's the most metal candy bar. Is this one fucking? I feel like it's like bar. score because that's yeah. like the the most like the dark throne of candy bars. <laughs> exactly, yeah, just something where you're like, oh Jesus. So uh, yeah, we do. Um, what did we just we just did most metal liquor like uh a little while ago uh so i know so that's a fun one uh we just uh we, we do that and um so we're gonna be uh, we've done that for a couple of years now and we're uh ramping it back up and so awesome awesome yeah. well uh stoked to have you out here man i think it's gonna be killer yeah thanks man i'm, I'm excited to be there i'm like really pumped so gonna cook yeah. on that shovel yeah. the perseverance to not have a grill or anything and you're like no 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 fuck this we're gonna <laughs> when you, you, you never know what you'll do you know that you find yourself in a situation with a dead rabbit and a shovel and the there's only one way forward you right <laughs> you're like well i killed it with the shovel i might as well cook it on the shovel you know <laughs> yes. it's yeah I, it's I, it's gonna take me the rest of my life to figure out what right. i did in that moment to but, be fair though it was in self-defense 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that rabbit had it coming. It if that coming. rabbit had just stopped resisting. It had a knife in his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Nariko, thanks so much for doing the podcast. Now. Oh, yeah. Thanks. thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Yep. Folks, thank you so much for listening. I know there's uh, some million podcasts out there. We appreciate you, uh, you spending your time with us. The um, If you're digging the show, if you're enjoying it, if, you, if these conversations uh, move you, make you laugh, annoy you, piss you off, um, please take a minute to uh, to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, it helps us grow the show and it helps other people find it. Um, if you'd like to hear bonus episodes, song demos, just sort of uh, ranting off the cuff uh, conversations, all sorts of different uh, bonus material, writing advice, uh, personal blog posts and stuff like that. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Mishka Shibali. Uh, we will be having monthly episodes up there with my mom and I answering uh, questions from readers. And there's all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, thank you so much for supporting.